What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormals. Um, so every time we go on vacation, we can't go anywhere for five minutes, okay, without something happening. So we're kind of back, we're kind of not. I'm Johnny Monoxide. I'm here with Reinhard von Krieger. What's up, dude? Not much, but every single time. Yeah, literally every single time. Grognak, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? Hello. Uh, joining us for he's he's joined us uh, musically quite a few times. A good friend of mine, Hudson. What's up, dude? How's it going, brother? Good to have you on, man. And uh, another very good friend of the show. He's uh, been referenced several times throughout this season. Our friend and yours, Typhus. What's up, man? Doing excellent, man. Very good to be on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's you know again we're on we're on break we're on vacation and things happen. Um, there's a very large fake and gay happening that is going to exacerbate some other fake and gay happenings, and 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 then and there was some other stuff that happened and then Alexander Dugan's daughter died. Oh wait, that was the first happening. I don't know. There's a lot of happenings. There's a lot of happenings, but. Um, we finally have a chance to talk about Alexander Dugan. You know, people talk about Duganism and, you know, these people are Duganists and Duganists, you're a Duganist, you're a Duganist, and Dugan the Boogeyman and this, that, and the other. But uh, there's like a legit paranormies reason to talk about him now. Uh, there was a, a a fake car bombing. Boom. Yeah, and almost like immediately obvious that something fishy and something fake is going on here. I don't think there's ever been a situation where you had uh, government politicians motorcade get bombed and then his immediate reaction is just to walk outside and start looking around at, at it while there's obviously like an immediate attempt on his life being made. Right. Right. And security's just... just like standing there, not not doing anything, not standing near him, not saying, hey, get in this car. There was just a bomb. <laughs> yeah, just letting him kind of amble around while a camera very conveniently right there is taking video of the whole thing happening. At a very, very good angle, too. It was a great angle. You get Yeah, perfect angle. Like can really captures, of, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, can really capture the shock on his face. Oh, man. That he's probably practiced. That didn't look. Very yeah, good. It didn't it, look it's very something well. that's very clearly been created uh, as part of a stage presentation, and it's kind of the introduction to Dugan on the global stage. Because probably a lot of people listening to it, the first time they heard about Dugan or really took a serious look at Dugan was this week, and this is sort of an orchestrated introduction of Dugan when for the past six months or so we've been witnessing what's essentially an unveiling of a strategy for Russia that Dugan has been preparing for about 25 years. And this began with the invasion of Ukraine. The invasion of Ukraine, though, is just the first step in a much bigger plan Dugan has been preparing for Russia for a long time. Wow. Well, this is uh, its very convenient that all this happened, and it's a very, you know, world stage sort of event because, you know, he's a Russian, uh, he's not an oligarch. What is he What is he considered? He's an, um, 
a confidant of of Putin. He is like a consigliere. So there's a lot of like different perspectives and positions on what Dugan is and like understanding who Dugan is. Let's start with that. Yeah, actually, who who the fuck is Alexander Dugan? Seriously, I literally had not looked into the guy at all until the past week. I mean, again, we've heard all the things, you know, TRS is Duganist. This guy is Duganist. Spencer's a Duganist. This one's a Duganist. Duganist, Duganist, Duganist. Okay. Who the hell is he? Yeah, I mean, the the meme of calling people in the Western distant right Duganist has been around for probably about three or four years now uh, as a pretty prevalent meme. But... There's few observers in the West, I think, that actually have a good picture of Dugan. And the reason for why is intentional. Dugan intentionally obfuscates who he is and derives a certain amount of power from uh, his own position and influence being hidden to a good degree. The best examples I can think of for a world leader you could compare Dugan to uh he's quite similar to a combination of i would say mycroft holmes from the arthur conan doyle sherlock holmes books and chin gigante who used to be a former boss of the general vc crime family in new york which is to say uh in the Sherlock Holmes books, Holmes' older brother, Mycroft, is a sort of minister without portfolio in the Russian government. And the author eventually describes, uh, sorry, in the British government. And the author eventually describes him as not just being a minister within the British government, but essentially of being the British government. Mm. And he describes him in, in these terms. He says that the conclusions of every department are passed to him and he is the central exchange the clearinghouse which makes out the balance all the other men are specialists but his specialism is omniscience so suppose that a minister needs information as to a point which involves the navy india canada the biometallic question he could get his advices from different departments upon each, but Mycroft's the only one that can focus on all of them and say offhand how each factor would affect the other. And so the government began using him as a shortcut, a convenience, and now he's made himself essential. Dugan is basically this 300 IQ, galaxy-brained academic and strategist that over a period of 30 years or so since the fall of the USSR has grown his position as this advisor and minister without portfolio in Russian government to the point that each organ of Russian government and the true Russian government too, not just Russian state and legislature, but 
the Russian mafia, the Russian biker gangs, the Russian orthodoxy, the Russian old believers, all of these various aspects of Russian social life, Dugin has gradually transformed these organs into basically neurons which connect into the brain of Dugin. And over a long period of time, all of these elements of Russian society have gradually became less Russian in character and increasingly Duganist in character as Dugan has grown in power and influence and transformed these institutions and transformed Russia itself from this completely failed state and economy in the early 90s into the preeminent superpower today. And but but Dugan's nobody, right? Dugan doesn't have any influence though. Yeah. This is something you hear very often from Dugan apologists in the West and Russia. It's increasing it's incredibly rare that you uh encounter anyone who is a Dugan sympathizer who admits to having to Dugan having actual power and influence in Russia. In this way, he's really similar to Chin Gigante, who was mob boss of the Genovese crime family. Chin Gigante, for 30 years, had the American government convinced that he was a completely batshit insane schizophrenic. Uh, and the reason for this, this was a novel solution Chin came up with, because Chin was basically the first mob boss who truly understood surveillance. Hmm. Uh, and what I mean by this is Chin understood that the real threat of surveillance to his organization was not in what he himself might say or do on a wire, but in what his underlings, the people working for him, who often were dumber or more impulsive, more liable to get arrested, more capable of having pressure put on them. The threat to surveillance to Chin was what these people would do or what these people would say. And he knows that if he's in this organization under total surveillance, uh, it's only a matter of time before, you know, there's hundreds of wiretapped conversations with people talking about him being the boss. So instead, he put on this image of being this lunatic. And so all you ever hear recorded about people when they're, when they're talking about Chin is, oh, yeah, Chin is crazy. Uh, Chin doesn't have any real influence. Chin doesn't really have any power. And this is a deliberate strategy uh, being put on to confuse observers to confuse people trying to figure out what's actually going on here, what's actually Chin's role and influence. Well, that makes sense. They do that all the time. I mean, like you see it in, in the movies and television, The Sopranos or Goodfellas or whatever. Like the mob boss is always the guy in the wheelchair on the oxygen. He's probably not like that, but he's, you know, he's most likely faking. Um, you know, or what was the movie, um, you know, oh, I can't remember the name. Never mind. Never mind. Well, and Gigante too. He he had a front boss as well. Well, yeah, um, they, they usually do, like a, yeah, a white yeah, pope, black yeah. pope situation. It's smart operating procedure. 
And, and Putin, in many ways, is the front boss of Russia. Putin himself isn't really that intelligent. You know, Putin is a, a, a former cop. Now he's a geriatric cop. Mm-hmm. He's effective as uh, running the interior of Russia, running the security of Russia. But the foreign policy of Russia, economic policy of Russia, military strategy, armament, all of these things, uh, for pretty much the duration of the Russian Federation, have been guided increasingly by Dugan to the point where it's very clear now that his will for the direction of Russia is the direction of Russia because Russian foreign policy matches essentially one to one with what he outlines for his vision to ru- for Russia in, in his writings. Well, and he's even being touted by I just saw a CNN article and a few others. He's he's being touted as the high priest of new Russian nationalism. I guess all this kind of. I guess this all kind of begs the question, like, you know, we're getting understanding of who Dugan is, but like, what about Dugan is interesting to your average Paranormies fan or to the Paranormies? Does he have some weird shit going on? Yeah, definitely. So Dugan's early life, he's the son of a Russian military intelligence general and a medical doctor. His mom was a medical doctor. He comes from a prestigious family, Mm. deeply connected to the GRU, the military intelligence of the Soviet Union. And early on in Dugan's life, he has kind of this troubled child beginning. His, His dad is frequently flexing his connections to get him out of different minor uh, violations of the law. He's kind of a punk growing up. And he enrolls in Moscow Aviation Institute in 1979 as a student. And then four years uh, later in 1983, close to his graduation, he gets expelled for having prohibited materials, primarily books by Solzhenitsyn. And it's at this point that the story on Dugan diverges. So according to Dugan's own biography, what he said in interviews, after he got expelled from university, he got a job as a street sweeper and continued on his studies on his own using a forged library card uh, Lenin Library, which was one of the biggest libraries in the Soviet Union. Now, this story, even on its face, seems kind of fake, right? It's this kind of Dickensian story of this poor sweet, uh, street sweeper boy who studies in the library because he's not allowed to go to school. There's another biography of Dugan published in Russia which says that after he got caught with this material by the KJB, he actually took a role working for the KJB as a researcher 
on different materials that were prohibited for the general Russian public to read. Materials on Freemasonry, on the occult, on esotericism, and on fascism. And this is the biography of Dugan, I tend to believe, is correct. I don't think Dugan was ever actually a KGB agent. Uh, more a, a contractor, like a CIA contractor, working for the KGB, but not really a badged member. And this is an important distinction, I, I think, because in the early 90s, after the fall of the Soviet Union, Dugan starts to have a lot more independence and start flexing his connections in a way that other people close to him weren't necessarily able to, like uh, Putin or Archbishop Kirill, who were both KGB agents, badged agents of the KGB. And so after the dissolution of the KGB, which reformed into the FSB, they really had no choice except to stay within the system as government apparatchiks on kind of tracked promotion lines. Whereas Dugan, uh, seemingly immediately after the fall of the USSR, becomes sort of this free agent that's able to become a master of his own destiny and maneuver around not just Russia, but within various political and business circles in the West to begin to grow his influence into this uh, incredibly powerful force within Russia, whose power and influence, I would say, enormously dwarfs that of either Putin or Kiros, despite that they have a title which would signify that they have more power. So who actually does have the power over there? In in general, I would say the government of, of Russia is now following a model very similar to the model of Mao Zedong in China, where you have government by one person uh, who acts as the centerpiece for various committees on separate issues. This is a Bolshevik model, which was originally designed as a way to incorporate China with its different population in history and history of industrialization into the greater Soviet sphere, it eventually led to the Sino-Soviet split because this model actually proved better than the model of government by committee, which was the model of Khrushchev in the Soviet Union. And as the Soviet Union began to decline, China began to uh, enter into new economic renaissance, which led to uh, 
this seeming split between China and the Soviet Union. Right. Essentially what it was is a more working model of Bolshevism, a more effective model, and uh, which has now become the new model of government in Russia and remains the model of government in China with the government of Xi Jinping. So like the official government policy of China is Xi Jinping thought, the in practice model of government in Russia is essentially Alexander Dugan thought. Okay. That's interesting. Well, I mean, that makes sense. And again, you said that this, the uh, Soviet-Chinese split or the Russian-Chinese split was actually... Um, now, there's, they're working together again, though, right? With the, uh, the Belt Road Initiative, with, with Israel. Oh, no, but, no. Uh, Israel is actually uh, our greatest ally. Well, yeah, I know. But, but, isn't, but is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that not the case, though? China and Russia are strong allies. And, right. Uh, this is reinforced by both of them using a quite similar government model. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that makes, that makes sense. I mean, and they're both set up by the same, by the same group of people, which was the UN, you know, in the UN set China up for the way China is. So one thing I have a question about, and you, you touched on it a little bit <clears throat> with Dugan is I noticed that he definitely had a kind of backslide from, cause he, he grew up a member of the Russian Orthodox church, right? He's baptized a member of the Russian Orthodox Church, yeah. Right. But he definitely backslid, and as, as he kind of started getting into some, what most people would just call blanket, like, fascist beliefs, he seemed to be kind of rebellious in that, but um, there was a group he joined, and I can't remember what it was, that kind of seemed like a... Uh, like an occult Russian occult group that yes. had ties to like Satanism. And he started looking into um, like Russian, a mixture of like Russian orthodoxy and neo-paganism and the occult. Um, so it, it really seems like he took a hard turn back around the time that he supposedly continued his studies uh, on his own into all, all of this weird esoteric occult ideology it, se it seems to have influenced him at least later in life oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah any any claims from dugan that he is some kind of devout christian is just bald-faced lie uh, so, so in 1980 when dugan's 18 he joins a group called the yuzhinsky circle and the yuzhinsky circle is just an overtly Satanist organization. Uh, it's a basically kind of LARPer group. And at, at the same time, Dugan himself is basically this uh, type of Nazi LARPer that he's going by uh, this made-up name, which he uh, adopted as a reference to this... Uh, Waffen SS paranormal researcher. Oh, it was Seavers, right? Yeah, Seavers. Okay. And I can't believe someone would use a fake German name online. Hmm. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, 
not online, but but yeah. on uh, w- w- within these these different right, yeah, yeah, esoteric <laughs> meetups he has these attending, <laughs> and it, it's also here that he meets uh, his first wife, and his first wife, uh, she uh, Evgenia. I'm gonna just butcher this name, Evgenia Deb Debranskaya. Yeah, uh, she is the first open lesbian in Russian history, basically in Russian media. Uh, and she meets Dugan when Dugan's 20 and she's 30 in this black magic LARPer group. They get married and have a kid. That kid they had, their son, now, of course, is Dugan's only heir after the death of Daria, who he had with his second wife. Um, But, yeah, Dugan's esoteric and occult leanings date back really early on in his life to his basically mid-teens and then by the time he's 18 he's part of this satan group and then by the time he's 20 uh he's married to this satanist woman and having a kid with her and also at the same time working for russian kjb and that's not really surprising both uh kjb and cia both have very deep and established connections to satanist groups some might suspect Dugan was working as like an informant investigating these groups at the time for KGB. Uh, I doubt that's the case. I think they probably just tolerated and possibly even promoted his uh, occult beliefs and studies. So is there evidence that he continued um, being involved with Satanist groups or anything like that? You know, I'm, I know this was when he was like 18 to 20, but uh, did he continue his involvement in those kind of circles or did he start to move away from it? Because like the devil's advocate could just say like, yeah, I mean, you get into weird shit in your early 20s and late teens, you know, yeah, and was. Could have, he could have found God or whatever. <laughs> a lot, of, Yeah, a lot of us were into a lot of weird shit. When we were yeah, yeah, been there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's definitely continued his preoccupation with... Uh, occult beliefs, esoteric practices. In 2014, he published a post on Facebook, which I linked recently on my channel, where he makes this uh, moral and philosophical defense of cannibalism as a practice. He talks about African tribes that practice cannibalism and how he's an admirer of this practice. Uh, And he he speaks frequently of uh, chaos and using chaos as a type of strategy. Uh, Why am I getting like Richard Spencer vibes from this guy? Like that seems like something that I could totally hear Richard Spencer say or like talk about. Yeah, I, I mean Spencer himself is heavily influenced by Dugan because he, uh, his former wife. Uh, was Dugan's translator, uh, worked worked trans- for Arctos Publishing, uh, translating Dugan's writings in 
Russian into English. And Spencer himself even admitted that uh, his wife would use his Twitter account to publish various pro-Russia and pro-Dugan things. And he's obviously also incorporated a lot of that into his own personal rhetoric as well. And the connection between uh, his political writings and his occult leanings and writings has always been, been present. It's always been prominent. In 1997, the same year that he published probably his most well-known book, which is The Foundations of Geopolitics, he also published an essay on the Soviet serial killer Andrei Chikatilo, who he describes as a mystic, a practitioner of Dionysian sacraments. Now, the cult of Dionysus, uh, which is the same as the cult of Bacchus, is a cult of cannibalism and human sacrifice. And this is a fascination Dugan has held his entire life with cannibalism, with sacrifice. And from the most reasonable perceptions, it seems to have culminated in his own sacrifice of his own daughter, which, you know, likely seems to have been long planned out and to be a part of ritualistic and occult magic uh, designed to increase his own power and to win favor from occult forces to further his will. So do you, do you think that, uh, that Daria Dugina... What, is her is her last name feminine because she's female? Is that like Dugina? Do they not have the same last name? Yeah, it just it kind of varies by different oh. style guides. However, the it's like Zelensky with two Y's. It, yeah. It's like a, a Zelensky with two Y's thing or something. Yeah, e e either forms like technically right. correct to refer to her as right. Okay. Um, Oh, what did I say? Yeah, so do you actually believe she's dead? Yeah, I believe she's dead. You do? Okay. I definitely believe she's dead, yeah. But I, I believe that the uh, the narrative that the Ukrainian SPU killed her and that they sent this prostitute slash spy in to put a car bomb in his car and then, you know, she conveniently left her government credentials at the scene or whatever and... That was very nine eleven. That, see, that's the kind of stuff that, that's you know, like very nine eleven of them. You know, they're like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, yeah. somebody while they're doing it, while they're setting this whole thing up, they're like, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've, I've heard this before, somewhere while while they're setting it up. You know, like leaving the like, Dimitri. Don't worry about it. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just put the ID. Yeah, down. And, and and something like a, a lot of people in, in the West either aren't familiar with or forget regularly is yeah. Russia kind of had its own 9-11 which was the 1999 apartment bu uh, building bombings right right which 
even mainstream media sources now basically describe as a false flag attack, which was created to put Putin into power. Mm. Oh, what a surprise. Um, well, shocking. Yeah, that there's a a fake, a fake event gets a a world leader into a permanent position of power. That never happens. That never Mm. ever happens. Go ahead, Reinhardt. So, one question I've got is the photo of the open casket funeral confirmed. Can can that be confirmed in any way? Because if she died in a car bombing, and I say she lightly, because it looks like Ellen Page with some massive implants in the cheeks. Um, (laughs) Is can that be confirmed? That damage, you don't see any damage to the face whatsoever. Well, morticians can do some pretty crazy stuff, you know, like, uh, it's true, but it might be a real picture, but you know, 90% of what you're looking at is like modeling clay with makeup applied to it. Sure. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, but then again, I mean, like if that's her real head, there would be a lot of swelling. You know. I think I'd rather just close the freaking casket yeah, than go that, to all that trouble. That was the thing that that's the thing that really gets me is that it's not just well it, that it is just an open casket funeral. You know, not not the, just the fact that her face is you know prettier than it was in any picture that I've I've seen really, um, but the fact that you know she got blown up in a car and still managed to have an open casket funeral. That's it's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of weird. There'd be like burn marks on the face or something, you know. I, I don't know. Yeah, and one, it and seems kind of odd to me. And one, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm gonna get well actually and whatever. But I don't know. You know what? If we have a mortician fan out there, and it's the Paranormies, we have a mortician fan. We have to. We have to. Please actually, I think we actually do. Give us. I think we do. Here. There used to be one that used to write into us, I believe, a long time oh. ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Well, get out your calligraphy set and <laughs> write to us again. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. Why did they have to have a because yeah, because I agree with you, Johnny. Just the fact that it was an open casket funeral seems really odd and propagandaish to me. And, and two, why go to all the trouble of reconstructing the face? Also, it was like what a day and a half later. Right. There was no. There was no. No setup. No nothing. It was like boom, boom, boom. She blew up. Two days later, there was a funeral, and he's walking around the funeral, shaking hands and smiling like it's some sort of a PR event. Yeah, Dugan's behavior at the funeral doesn't suggest that uh, he's in like deep mourning of his daughter's death. Right. Although I, I ultimately I suspect uh, that his daughter is dead. Yes, and the reason for this fundamentally is because Dugan's esoteric uh, occultist beliefs are genuine. Mm. There is a, a yeah. lot of. Uh, cynicism about his behavior, but uh, this is not necessarily, you know, some ritual that he's behaving in cynically just to win social appeal or put on some kind of presentation. So you'd uh, say it's not really like a like a faking gay humiliation ritual, not a not a humiliation hoax, but an actual ritual false flag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I believe Daria to be genuinely dead, but killed by, you know, Russian uh, intelligence close to Dugan, 
not killed by Ukrainian intelligence or some other country in the West sending assassins uh, after Dogen. Hmm. I think... Oh, sorry. I, I think the Ukrainian thing could be safely and completely discarded. <laughs> That's yeah, it. I'm pretty. I'm a thousand percent positive it was absolutely nobody from the Ukraine. Unless you, we really want to get autistic and say they're run by the same people, so therefore. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's that. There's that yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. Well, that, that, again, that, that's something maybe we can get into uh, after the break, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a reality that, of, of course, uh, there is only surface differences in governments uh, across the world and that we're living under a one-world government and that the rulers of this government, while still Jewish, have shifted from one faction of Jews the Zionist Jews like uh, Netanyahu to a new Bolshevik uh, group of Jews who Dugan is one of the strongmen for and this shift in power uh, illustrates itself through the rapid recent rise of Dugan and his catapult onto an international stage and his international plans for Russia being put into action. Now, I see, see, here's the thing is, I see uh, Netanyahu as uh, both a Zionist and a Bolshevik Jew. Um, he, he, plays, he plays both sides of that pretty well, I think. Um, yeah, he seems like he'll just pick the winning he, team. Yeah, Israel, like he's, he's gonna, yeah, Israel's gonna do what Israel's gonna do. Um, they're done with the United States. The Zionist part of the United States is over with, right? Right. Once the boomers are dead, once the last boomer dies, nobody really gives a shit about Israel in the United States anymore. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. I, I mean, I'm not. There's a few Xers that are like because their dad, you know, they're still pro-Israel or whatever because they go to church or something. And yeah, the, the, the boomer are. vote they're grasping really hard at, and I, right. I think Laura Loomer showed that the oh. best uh, this week when she based her basically her entire congressional campaign on voter turnout from a retirement village <laughs> in Florida. The, the biggest retirement community in the United States. To the villages. Fair. Yeah. But still basically pinning her hopes on getting elected with boomers living in retirement villages. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad strategy. It's a bad strategy. And she's a Jew. I don't know. What? Um, no. Laura Loomer's a Jew? I mean, come on. That thing, that face. <laughs> Actually, no. Lauren Witzka told me oh, Lauren that Laura Loomer converted to Christianity. Well, oh. right in front of her. Right. This is the oh. most beautiful. What did she say it was the most beautiful thing she's ever seen? Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God, dude. That's... Yeah, all, all of these like fake right wingers came out with these posts saying Laura Loomer converted. And then, like, three days later, she makes her own post like, uh, guys, what are you talking about? I'm still a Jew. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, it is very nice of you to acknowledge that I, uh, I went to your church function, but um, I'm still a Jew. I half expected her to write something like, "Guys, I was drunk 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It was communion wine. It was Manischewitz. Yeah, that post was just for other Jews so that they like know, like, right? You know, because when she's around other, no, Jews, I, I'm still a Jew. No, because when you know, because when she's around other Jews, she still uses it that way. Oh, dude, when she's around other Jews, she's <laughs> you know, fucking talking shit about Jesus and reading the Talmud and all the other shit they do, touching children, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's it. Different direction I was going to go with that joke. But Oof. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know where you were trying to go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> even, even when even when she's around other Jews, it's pretty much the exact quote. <clears throat> Anyways. So, <laughs> well, okay. So, this has been actually pretty informative on Dugan and his background, which shows that he has flip-flopped from a you know, he he has the rebellious Soviet teenager, dabbled in Nazism for a while, looked into the occult, became very heavily involved in the occult, and that has obviously influenced him throughout his adult life. Yeah, and real quick, clear- before you move past the occult thing, Reinhardt. Oh yeah, yeah. There was something that to do with Alexander, with Dugan and Crowley, specifically Crowley. Oh, right. Am I wrong? No, you're right. I I heard about that that he was like opening speeches with uh, stuff from like Lieber two or whatever. One of those. Yeah, we books. have a video here. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, we have we have a video actually. It's like four minutes, but um, I mean, I don't know if you want to play it or something, but um, let's play the audio. Yeah, is, is it in English? Video? I don't know. I have no. I have no idea. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna let it. And here we go. It's in it's in Russian. It's in Russian. Never mind. <laughs> it's in Russian with subtitles. Um Yeah, but it's it's basically opening up he's opening up a speech um that is actually reading, I believe, from Crowley's writings. Yeah. Like from whatever it was, the book of the law, I think it's called. Um so yeah. And also, I don't know that I pointed it out on the show or before, but he was very open about his study of the uh, of, of the Kabbalah itself in Hebrew. Yes. He read the when he read the Kabbalah, he read it in the original Hebrew. He bragged. Yeah, that he was bragged a, that was that, a brag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um so obviously his knowledge of the arcane is not just a passing thing from his 20s. It's not just something that kind of influenced him a little bit later and he kind of thinks about it, kind of like C.S. Lewis always said. No, this is clearly something that's been important to him. So I, I'm starting to see what you're saying, Typhus, as the uh, actual ritualistic murder angle. Mm. Well, yeah, his daughter abso- absolutely. Say, and well, there's... Oh, hang on, hang on real quick, Typhus. What's that, Johnny? And didn't her daughter, like, you know, you know, she was a soldier. She was, you know, uh, put herself out for this kind of stuff. Um, for her, for her to be a sacrifice would have been, um, you know, it, it, she would have been, uh, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like a martyr almost, you know, for the, for, and she, for their she was cause. a journalist. Right, she was a journalist. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. A journalist. Yeah. And also it makes Dugan himself, uh, 
it's like he himself now has paid the price that he's asking Russia to pay by asking Russia to send its children to die for his war, basically. So, in in, in this, like, occult sense, uh, by, by paying this price, he's able to ask for favor from the architects of, of his dark plans, so to speak. Exactly. It's like, it's like, number one, it's like the plot of a movie. Uh, right. Number two, that's exactly right, is he makes this blood sacrifice, which then gives him more influence from whatever power the sacrifice was to in order to increase the blood sacrifice to bring about a great an even greater influence which yeah, we know it, from it, the it, occult it happens you, your sacrifice increases as you gain more yeah and it also insulates him politically uh from being accused of agitating for a war that he's only standing to benefit from and is paying no personal cost for now he can say well the ukrainian nazis killed my daughter so now we have to kill all the Ukrainian Nazis. Well, it's a very, I mean, it's all very convenient, the theater behind the sacrifice. You know, it's there's like several layers of chicanery going on there. And, and you know, you've you got your normie um, media and you've got your alternative media. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, you got a lot of people like, kind of coming out defending Ms. Dugina. I was told by a certain thought leader mm. that if you are making fun of this event, mm. that you were evil and Jewish. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I saw someone say that Zelensky's whole family is about to get murked. Right. These is uh, so this person. <laughs> but is this person know. know? Does this person know or talk to or deal with or hang out with people that? Um, oh, Johnny, yeah, you cut out. Yeah, there. you cut do, out. Okay, there, buddy. Do, does this person who uh, you you cut out there? Uh, all, last thing we heard was, does this person? Okay, I, I started. I tried to start saying it again. Can you guys hear me now? Is it working? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay, I said. So does does this person is he affiliated with uh, people who get like sexually aroused when um, footage of people getting murked in a mosque happens? He's related to a group that has nothing to do with Dugan whatsoever. They've assured me for years. Okay. It's interesting. So same people. So same people. Yes. So same. Yes. Same. The same people who are saying you're ghoulish. The same people who you know broke keyboards when it was. Yeah, broke insisted keyboards. Insisted to them was, that yeah. the uh, the certain mosque murking may not have been real. Right. Yeah. The same people that held, held their first political rally in a barn owned by a Russian government agent. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, but that 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 Russian government agent is no big deal. He's not even that that big of a deal. You see, yeah, he's just a guy who who uh, knocked up an oligarch's daughter at like an Ibiza foam party, and so now he's like the retarded son-in-law. So he just tripped and fell, and you know, landed yeah. his way into a bunch of money and influence politically. Right, right. And That's the by story having I'm, a district named after him. That's the story oh. I've been handed. That's the story I've been handed. Yes, I'm sure that's unrelated. Uh, Johnny, you you cut out again. 
I said, that's the story yeah, I've been bud. told. That's the story I've been told. Is that? <laughs> hold on. Let me, let me switch. <laughs> he has been told. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the club about Bowsman, the Bowsman is not really that relevant. Kind of is true in the sense that, you know, Bowsman uh, is basically an empty suit. He's a lobbyist for Russian agricultural uh, propagandist and agent for Russian government. But uh, Bowsman himself is basically replaceable. Uh, what he operates as uh, is as an agent of Dugan's will on advancing Dugan's interests. And the tie between Russian agricultural industry and the war in Ukraine is very prominent because of the amount of farmland in, in Ukraine. Ukraine produces something like 90% of wheat grain for the West and Bowsman's industrial interests that he lobbies for in oil, seed, and grain industry stand to potentially gain massively from Russian annexation and redistribution of Ukrainian foreign land. Wow. So, so it's important for Russia to win this, this little war then. For, for people who depend on seed oil funding. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Johnny, do we want to do a quick break before we continue down this road? Yeah, Since we we're kind of shifting yeah, yeah, a little bit away have, from Dugan specifically. I have questions. Okay. Yeah, we'll take a break. Um, yeah, let's take a quick break. Yeah, and we'll be back.
right. Well, we're back with the We're Not Back show. Um, we're we're back. <laughs> we're doing we're doing more content that we said we weren't going to do, but we have to because things are happening. Um, before the break, we were talking about uh, seed oil salesman extraordinaire, or whatever, or just lucky. Um, I mean, barn enthusiast. Yeah, lucky barn there enthusiast. Go. There you go. Barn yeah. enthusiast. <laughs> uh, yeah, just lucky. He just lucked into. He just lucked into the Russian stuff. You know, even though his family, even though his family is uh, so well known that they have a, a voting district. You know, zoned. Yeah, it's kind of crazy the amount of stuff we've dug up on Charles Bowsman over the past few months. We we knew for a long time that Bowsman was someone who was connected one way or another with TRS, and it was kind of questionable how much influence he had on the organization until we saw TRS having to deal with new issues uh, that became a meme, particularly the, the seed oil meme, which has become really kind of a popular item on Twitter discourse uh, with people not even necessarily associated with right-wing politics, but people in the health and fitness scene. And obviously there's a lot of right-wing people there. So things have become a pressing topic there, popular item of discussion, tend to kind of drift into our right-wing political scene. And when the seed oil thing became a meme, it was really interesting to see how quick TRS adopted this position of either refusing to talk about it, or if they do talk about it to just say, it's a minor issue, and it's just a distraction from everything else. <laughs> well, everything's a distraction. Everything's a distraction yeah. from. It's all a distraction from Jewish power, baby. Well, yeah. If you're not talking about Jewish power, you are. You are. Uh, you just. You know. You're missing the point. You're missing the whole point of of white nationalism. You're the, the whole point of everything is to compl- uh, is to talk about Jews and Jewish power 24 hours a day. And don't forget talking. The oh, and the Holocaust. And the Holocaust. Oh, the Holocaust. Talking yeah. about Jewish power over your genetics is a distraction from talking about Jewish power. That's, y- I mean, yes. that, that's the point yes. now. And right, we're just talking about, talking about Jews straight up trying to poison you and your family is a distraction from talking about Jewish <laughs> power. <laughs> right. like, it's just a line of rhetoric that's never made any sense. Uh, and I've is- told this story to Nationalist Audio. Uh, but the, the kind of the story of how I stumbled upon Bowsman's connection to seed oil and why this is obviously TRS's rationale for stonewalling any discussion on this topic, it's funny because it happens completely by accident, right? So, uh, I've got a girlfriend that's orthorexic, like she has an eating disorder basically where she can only eat healthy food. So she's very well versed in all like uh, the healthy food dialogue 
and already knew all this stuff about how seed oil causes inflammation and it's put in all this food. Uh, restaurant food is usually cooked in seed oil and how it's really bad for your health. She was already well-versed in all this and like told me all this stuff uh, previously. So when I saw like McNabb and these different TRS guys get mired in this uh, position where they're trying to defend seed oil for whatever reason, at the time I was just like, oh good, this is like just something I can make memes about TRS with. Um, Because I know they're going to get crushed, right? Because I've already seen all the sources, I already know the the anti-seed oil people, what their talking points are. So I know defending this kind of stuff, McNabb and these TRS people are going to get crushed. So I'm like, okay, I'll just make memes about it. So I start looking for pictures of Charles Bowsman, because I know Bowsman has this connection with TRS, and I want to include him in some of the memes. So I start looking up all the different companies that Charles Bowsman's worked for, because I'm thinking, oh, they might have like employee headshots, and then those headshots would be good you know, to make memes, because I want to, like, cut his head out or whatever uh, to make the memes with. And it's a lot of, like, agricultural industry lobbying, and then I see he works for this company called Soyatech. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously that's immediately going to, you know, catch my attention, <laughs> right? Because it's soy, right? It's, it's right there in the name, Soyatech. Um... So, uh, you know, I, I started looking into it. I'm like, okay, this guy works for this company. You go to their website. You go to the website. It's like, thank you for your interest in uh, Russian seed oil and grain industry. And it's like, it's right there. You know, it's just right there. Uh, so I'm like, okay, at this point, I don't even have to make a meme. You know, I, <laughs> this is the meme right here, right? His career is <laughs> yeah. a meme. You know, and, and their connection to this guy who's funding them, and then what they're saying, this, this is just the meme. Uh, well, he was just, you know, he, he was only funding them for a little while. You know, he just gave them the use of their barn. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he, he, he didn't give them a lot of money. He just let them use their venue, man. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure he then, just then, bought the pizza. Yeah. He just, I was told, I was told he just bought the pizza. Right. Was it yeah, specifically he, he, cheese pizza? Well, I was always under the impression that once pizza was ordered, it was time to go because that was when you know Stryker was really drunk. Because <laughs> whenever, dude, whenever that's another thing. Last one out's carrying him out. It's happened many times. He's been carried out of many, many events. That guy. Um, but what we're saying, no, no. So, yeah. So Bowsman, um, he's a seed oil guy. Is the company's literally called Soya Tech. It's like you yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. The memes right so themselves. I, I just screen cap this and like post it to my channel, and they still never like responded to any of this, and well, they really they have do. no response. And you know they have no response because their only actual response they just deleted the website. Right, <laughs> the website <laughs> got deleted. Just went I, shut I, it down mode. I thought that was yeah. hilarious that the Soya Tech website got shut down. Um, but that is standard. That is standard TRS. St- uh, mo right there that's that's how they operate if there is something that could possibly harm them reputation wise they just don't talk about it it doesn't happen it didn't happen it doesn't exist 
And and usually, this is usually like their line with regard to like rumor or innuendo or suspicion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or hearsay. I mean, this is all like you can just like look up like Bowsman's Twitter, see that he lists working for Soyatech on it, right? <laughs> and then go to their website. You know, it's 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 a very the, right. the but case. What is but what I'm saying is this is this is very this is very TRS to not yeah. address yeah. something like any any they, that was what they did with the um like with the Mike's wife thing. They just didn't you know they for the longest time they just tried not to talk about it. You know, they just don't talk about things. Anytime there's something like there, there, they don't reference it at all. Yep. Like the most that they ever do for any of this stuff is like say, ah, oh, we're not going to talk about that. And even that, it's like they rarely even do that. You know, they just completely ignore it and their fans end up ignoring it too. Cause... Oh, I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot about this. DB, DB couldn't be here, but uh, he has, he has something he wanted me to read to you guys. He said, oh Dugan is gay and retarded and a Satanist. And anyone who plays footsie with his ideas might as well be a gay, retarded Satanist. Yeah, no lie detected. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can find no lie in yeah. that statement. Yes. Love, Dogbot. No. Um, <laughs> that was his contribution to, to this non-episode episode. Um, so, Bowsman, yeah, Typhus, you said the other day, that uh especially when um the 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 floating uh head guy popped into your chat and you said that their business model is one of someone who has already secured funding because they are not trying to grow their business whatsoever yeah i I mean because like there's been you know i've interacted with trs a lot you know over the past like six years or whatever uh, I, I was one of like the, uh, you, you know, I was really involved with like my SoCal pool party scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has been a thing at different times where I've like, uh, came to TRS with like different ideas or whatever, uh, different ways they could help promote their message, help grow their brand, their audience. And, you know, they've kind of brushed it off. I've been like, well, you know, okay, whatever, you know, like they, they, they want to go in like some other different direction, but increasingly from TRS, there's just been, uh, this position where it's like, okay, we're going to turtle in and not talk about any of these topics that are like gaining heat in right-wing media circles online that could potentially bring more people to our platform uh that can help us like grow our paywall audience subscribers and like in in my own life i've worked at like different types of businesses you know i've worked at like small businesses really big companies uh venture funded companies and there's all there's always a difference in uh how these companies perform and when you're working for a company that already has like a big money backer with a particular goal that this company is working towards and they've been given kind of like carte blanche to develop towards that goal, uh, they generally behave 
in the same way that TRS kind of behaves, which is that they don't really have any interest in growing revenue um, or growing a user base because it's uh, semi-irrelevant to the purpose that they're being funded towards. That's that's extremely interesting because um, yeah, they don't they don't seem to care at all about about losing audience members, about losing content creators. Um, they don't care at all about any of that stuff. They've lost. I mean, their website is basically um, just their quote flagship shows now. Yeah, and it's very different strategy from say like uh, 2017 when. I suspect that there was not this like overly Duganist connection mm-hmm. uh, when Stryker personally was not like as significantly involved with the show. Or so this has, yeah, this has a lot to do with who the fuck Stryker was. This, well, uh, exactly. Um, well, when I first heard it, when I first heard of Stryker, he was just some guy who wrote for uh, the Stormer. He wrote for the Stormer. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, well, well, but and the thing is, too, 2017 TRS had like a very aggressive expansion model. Yes. Uh, where there's all these different shows covering every different topic. There's a pagan and a Christian show. Yep. So you can get both audiences, right? There's American shows, there's British shows, South American show. They had yeah, they had Beyond the Wall. They had the yeah with the, with the South American nationalist shows with with my friend there. Uh, Escobar Gutierrez, whatever I can't remember his name. He's got like a Pablo Escobar Gutierrez or whatever. The show I did, <laughs> the show I did with the interview. Uh, those guys were great. And then we had yeah, this and, hour has eighty eight minutes. Yeah, we had Canadian shows. There were there was Canadian shows. There was uh, there was there was uh, uh, Brits. There were the Brits. Yeah, people almost went to jail. Pretty uh, sure uh, Roscoe and Walrus were still on there at that point too. Yep. Uh, Exodus yep. Americanus. I mean, dude, there were so many. There, there were so many shows back in the day. Uh, there was what was the one? Um, Radio bon- Free Skyrim. No, no, Bongo Bongo Book Club. Oh yes, yes. With uh, fire. They used to read. They used to read like black fantasy novels, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like they'd get people like Weave to come on and read that, right? Or like Loritz, who was like on yeah. every show. Yeah. Oh, Loritz just like Loritz just like saying the N word, dude. You know. He loved it. It yeah. was hilarious. Well, he wasn't allowed to. <laughs> Loritz wasn't allowed to. where he's from. You're not allowed to say it. That like the police will come down and hunt you down. <laughs> you know. But so yeah. So, it, so like, now it's. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's such a different change in in model and show offering. All I've noticed when I've checked TRS at all in the past like two years, honestly, if I just check in, they're dissecting minutia of the Holocaust for the tenth time. Like I-, I know about the wooden doors, bro. Like I know about the the Prussian blue. Like I know about, you know, the Leuchter report. Uh, I don't need to hear it for the eighty thousandth time. Like it's not the most important thing going on. Well, but this time, yeah, and people that are not Holocaust deniers have heard it too, and they've heard it from TRS themselves for like, like at least like five times. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Like seriously, at least that many times. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, like all I needed was the numbers, and I was like, oh yeah, this shit didn't happen. Yeah, you know. 
Yep. You, you only generally see like such a drastic change in media content from a media business when you know basically like the ownership changes right when there's a major and or or a major a change point. in funding not necessarily ownership yeah. but where the where the backing and funding yeah. is coming from yeah 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 so what happened was what happened was is uh, they started the paywall thing up and they had a whole bunch of subscribers because they had a whole bunch of fans because they had a whole bunch of listeners because people really liked them back in 2017 2016 2017 they were fun there's a lot of fun you know uh, it was funny the shows were com- it was a comedy show when when um when the dude with the the, the dude with the deformed head uh went to court and he testified he said he is on, he's on a comedy show that's what th- what they do you know they do a comedy show and it was it was hilarious it was it used to be one of the funniest things they did bits you know the uh was it death camps despots and dives uh yep the different whenever they were doing whenever they were doing different rip off bits of bits that are actual things that people have already done or doing Ben Shapiro impressions that well, was always fun yeah i mean those were always those were always fun but you ever, uh, i don't know the more the more i look at the more i look at that the more i just realize that whole network is just like a, a parody of everything jewish <laughs> yeah no kidding it's like well, it was like what Hoberter said. You know, we're gonna we're gonna come at the Jake. We're gonna we're gonna do all this stuff. We're gonna do all this right wing stuff, but we're gonna come at it like Seinfeld. <laughs> what? He told the New York yeah. Times that. He told the New York Times that. It was a very interesting article. While he was shopping for ethnic food, brown people. Food. Yeah, and because it's been like such a drastic change in strategy, it's it's makes them probably the best uh, illustration of different Western right-wing media outlets that were either Dugan originated or become Dugan influenced over the years. Mm. Uh, because, because you can see it happen if, if you paid attention to that uh, in such a big way. But Dugan's influence throughout the West and right-wing media, it spreads far beyond just TRS. I think probably the first time a lot of people encountered Dugan for the first time, if it wasn't this week, would have been in June 2018 when he did an interview with Lauren Southern and Brittany Pettibone. I remember that. That's when everybody was like, oh, yeah. That was the first time I had ever actually heard of Alexander Dugan was in 2018. Yeah, I I think that was around the same time that – that was like around the same time that Glenn Beck did that like expose on the alt right where he tied Dugan to a lot of like alt right figures. Yeah, Spencer's people wife. People thought he was like crazy. It was around 2018, I think. Well, yeah, Spencer's wife was his translator. Yeah. You know? Yep. And Spencer praised Dugan and like you know until 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 he got divorced. Yeah. No. He's <laughs> no. He- He's the biggest Russian <laughs> hater on the planet. He's the big, yeah. Which is kind of funny. It is pretty funny. Is he still chasing like other people's wives and who knows going on that, CNN? <laughs> I'm just shocked he's like not a fag. I heard, I I heard, and it's probably not true. It's probably not true. But I heard he's going to take over Brian Stelter. It's definitely not true, but it's yeah. a funny story. <laughs> that sounds like right wing. No, no, I know it's definitely not. Uh, that, dude, could you imagine? Another, it'd be, he'd be like, well, see, 
Grognak, we were talking about punchable faces earlier, and uh, I think Brian Stelzer has the pun- mo- had. He's not on TV anymore, but he had the most punchable face on television. More punchable than Richard Spencer? I guess he's not on television. Yes. Well, Richard Spencer. Well, the thing is, Brian Stelzer's face seems like it would be comfortable to punch. You know, it's kind of. Oh, short. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Punching him would be like, like yeah. punching Gak. Yeah, or like one of those, you know, like those ergonomic pads for like your mouse or your keyboard that you right, can like right, put right, your wrist yeah, on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like punching it. Yeah, it's like like a like a gel sole or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you look at Brian Stelter, and it's like there's no way this thing has a soul. I don't think he does. There's I don't no think it's human. I don't think it's human anymore. Whatever, whatever demon in the Ars Goetia is associated with gluttony. <laughs> well, he that, gained a lot of weight. Stelzer used to not be so fat, right? He, he got very large recently. And very bald. Oh, yeah. He's always been kind of bald. He's gotten worse. Now, yeah, now he, now he just kind of looks like uh, Jared Fogle from the Subway commercials. Yeah, he looks like every pedophile ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really does. It's the same demon, man. It's the same demon. <laughs> right, right. I mean, they do. Stuff. Yeah, they do jump. It's only one and they pedophile do like demon. morph people's facial features, apparently, when they get possessed. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me into your body. You're going to get real fat now. <laughs> Just letting you know. It's the demon of gluttony. Yeah. <laughs> Just prepare. <laughs> Man. Oh, man. Okay, so back to Dugan and the alt-right. So Richard Spencer's ex-wife, Nina Hugecans. I mean, uh, I don't remember what her last name was. uh, Every picture on her Instagram, dude. Every picture on her Instagram. She's not holding. Does she still have the bulldog? I haven't looked on Instagram in a long time. No, she has a uh, basset hound. It's a basset hound. That's right. The The basset hound and boobs. That's like all it is in her pictures, right? Oh yeah, it's all it's all her as like trad girl in the forest. Right. Massive boobs, massive boobs. Oh, there's a dog, there's a bird. Boobs. Right, 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 right. yeah. Uh she was she was Dugan's translator. She translated one of his like most didn't she didn't she translate the one you were talking about earlier, Typhus? Yeah, she worked with Arctos to translate his books in Russian to English and there's two books Dugan's really well known for. One, which he published in 1997, Foundations of Geopolitics. And the second is the Fourth, Poli- uh, fourth Political Theory, which he published in 2012 through Arctos Media. Okay. And then since 2012, Arctos has been his publisher in the West, and he's been writing primarily for a Western audience. And yeah, Spencer's ex worked with Arctos publishing his books and translating them. Okay. So is that like the most direct connection that Spence, that Spencer or maybe even anyone in the alt-right has to Dugan is that she translated his book. And then my other question would be like, did she actually work with Dugan in any capacity or was it just like a thing where she was kind of like in these circles and had the ability to translate it. And so Arctos hired her. My understanding is Dugan selected her as the translator, and Arctos paid her as the publisher. Huh. Interesting. Okay. That is well, very then. interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I, I could be completely off on that. 
Um, oh man! Don't but in in terms of direct connection between Dugan personally and different alt right uh, personalities, I mean, there is many people he's shared a stage with. Uh, it, this is the most obvious business connection, yeah, because obviously this is a to one degree a business relationship where Arctos is making money off of his books and they're also you know paying Dugan money but uh, this is not Dugan's primary source of income selling books to all right people actually yeah now that you mentioned it it seems rather odd that he would be publishing books through Arctos a little bit to me doesn't it does that strike anybody else as odd at all, or is it just me? I mean, I, I don't know what other public like. It seems like a pretty like logical publisher to go through if you're releasing a book like that in America. You know, yeah. I well, is well it, and, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Is that something like? Yeah, that makes uh, sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it makes okay. sense to me too, just from a marketing perspective, because Dugan's writings, beginning with Fourth Political Theory and carrying on. They're mostly shilling his beliefs and shilling his ideology to Western audiences. And this is done as part of a general Russian foreign policy strategy, right, but his which is like funding and uh, aiding any kind of group causing discontent or their dissidents uh, within their Western Zionist countries. Okay, so it's basically just about funding and um, promoting dissidents, basically, then. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like most of us, like in this circle, we're most familiar with Dugan's influence with how it's like connected to people that we're also familiar with one way or the other. Right. Um, but Dugan's shared a stage with a lot of people who often have completely contradictory or opposing views and generally who are the type of basically controlled opposition figure within their certain sphere. For example, Dugan has a really close relationship with Archbishop Vigano, who is a archbishop in the roman catholic church who publishes a lot of stuff critical of the vatican but never really goes all the way with it uh kind of pr provides like a halfway house for vatican critics to hide behind his positions um and vigano makes these like general criticisms of the West and degeneracy and social problems that the West has while simultaneously boosting up Russia and has frequently appeared with Dugan. Uh, these are the types of people Dugan loves to associate with. Uh, people who are a popular but not necessarily threatening 
to the stability of the social order themselves, um, who we can interface with publicly, and then through them influence their followers into increasing discontent within the West, uh, in- increasing chaos, increasing political polarization, and social atomization uh, to essentially make these people look for a foreign state savior, which Russia can then appear to be. Real quick, I'd just like to point out on Arctos.com, the first book in their shop is Alexander Dugan. That makes sense right now. Yeah, he's like, he's definitely their most heavily promoted writer. And a lot of their other writers are kind of just uh, political hacks, more or less, that are articulating various Duganist arguments on various positions one way or the other. Right. Okay, so it does make sense that he would be on this platform pushing his stuff in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, hey, boys. Um, I've got to run. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining us, Hudson. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate it. And I just want to give a shout out to the Acid Right. You boys know who you are. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they do. We'll see you again, Hudson. All right, man. Talk to you guys soon. Um, yeah, so what was the, uh, before Hudson took off, what were we saying? We're talking about Arctos. Yes, yeah, so Arctos. Um they're like like I know those guys. That was um oh shoot, who was the guy? Uh Freiburg, right? Daniel Freiburg's company. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was at he was at Charlottesville and I remember all those guys. Uh one of their one of one of their guys was the uh, the Black Sun tattoo guy from uh, the He Will Not Divide Us videos. Remember those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny. I uh, just saw something today. Apparently Shia LaBeouf did a uh, Padre Pio movie. Oh, no. And has now converted to Christianity. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what flavor of fake Catholicism the CIA is. Planning to use Shia LaBeouf for now, right? Man, the uh, Christian nationalism or Christian organization, I guess, is is really enlisting the uh, A team. If they're getting Laura Loomer and Shia LaBeouf in, I know, two weeks. I, well, it's been more than two weeks since Laura Loomer converted. Oh, that's true. That was like what a month ago. She still has her receipt, though, just in case she's going to return it. I, I wonder if Shia LaBeouf is really uh, interested in this LARP as Catholic or if it's a continuation of his like LARP as a Mexican. Like, did you guys see the oh, last yeah, movie that, he yeah. did where he, he got, in real life, he got his whole body covered with Mexican gang tattoos to he play like, the for... part of a Mexican gangster in did... like, a really bad movie? He did that for real. Yeah, it's actual tattoos on his whole body. Like he has. So like, he became a cholo. Yeah, it's cholo tattoos. Oh. Like he has creeper on his stomach and like giant letters, and then like different like SoCal area codes, and it looks horrible. They're all really bad, and the movie was bad too. That's like 
That's terrible. Did you guys ever see the Zoom video of him? Oh, yeah. He's on a Zoom call where he's in his car. And no, like, I haven't seen this video. He's like all <sighs> fucked up on something, Molly or he's something. Unhinged. He is unhinged. He is on drugs. And he's like pulled over on like the side of the Bay Bridge or something. I don't know. He's on a bridge or something like that in his car. And there's a bunch of, I don't remember who, was it Samuel Jackson? Or there's a bunch of people in the video. Like they're all on a Zoom call together. It's like for some charity thing or something i don't yeah it was yeah it was some kind of like fundraiser thing and he just kind of showed up in his car (laughs) yeah he was supposed to be like he was supposed to be part of the zoom call he's like oh yeah so he like pulled over to the side of the road and gets on the zoom call all fucked up like coming home from the club at like eight in the morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the whole padre pio thing i'm I'm feeling is uh some no type of media humiliation ritual because Padre Pio was really a devout Catholic and a venerated saint in the Catholic Church, and uh, to have this, you know, drugged-up, degenerate Jew playing him, it's really kind of a insult to his legacy. And now he's becoming this kind of mouthpiece, I guess, for the church and media, uh, which just further increases the humiliation mm. yeah well they they do that a lot it's like they had uh that jew i think he's a jew at least andrew garfield played spider-man for a while and he was in that movie uh silence about like the christian um persecution in japan oh right and jesuit persecution persecution of the jesuits in japan but they they always do that you know, it's Catholic or something else. They they always have to take you know venerated figures or celebrated figures and have a Jew caric- caricature them. Yes. Oh, well, you know. But that's how you get your that's how you get your history. Brought to you by right. Jewish actors. Right. So speaking of caricatures, back to Dugan. Yes. Um. So with his connections and. Detractors on both Red Team and Blue Team have been more than happy to associate Dugan with all these alt-right figures over the years, but most of these figures have turned out then to be just absolute caricatures in and of themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So now it seems to be becoming like a very serious part of doctrine in certain circles. I mean, we see more and more support over the past couple of years. We've talked about TRS and just take the mask off now. You know, we see more and more over the past couple of years, and especially since NJP, um, you see this real push into Dugan's philosophy, at least what, what we've seen in the West or what we're, we're able to read in the West. Um, yes. And I, I, I think the, the increasing mask off of it is calculated too. Well, one thing that needs to be understood is that Dugan's plan, which is in action now, he essentially has had 25 years uh, in isolation to just kind of think out and plot out and examine all the different hypotheticals and possible outcomes. And he's been allowed to basically put this plan into action at his own leisure because the people that were alarmists about Dugan never never got anybody to listen to them. 
and everything is all very uh, calculated. Even this uh, increasing mask off Dugan support now coincides with the death of his daughter, which uh, puts Dugan onto the stage. And Dugan, there's been a necessity for Dugan to remain backstage for a long time because uh, he's not elected or appointed uh, as any official part of Russian government. Yeah, he yeah. has no official ties to the yeah, Kremlin, no, to the Kremlin at all. Yes, which means he, that's he has I, no, he, which means he has no accountability either. Wait, what? What's right? that, Johnny? Too? I was gonna say that's what that's what everybody says about him is that oh, well, he doesn't have any official ties to anything, so he's literally nobody, and he's also just a literal who. He's a literally who. He's just an autist. He's just this autistic weirdo guy that wrote a book about geopolitics. He invented a word. That's all. That's all. Geopolitics. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's an enormous downplay that's been done of him for for so long. But uh, th- this position that he has outside of Russian government, it reveals kind of how powerful he is because he has no accountability, mm-hmm. right? Because he he's never been appointed. So there's nobody responsible for giving him a position in government, and he's never been elected. So the Russian people don't have themselves to blame for uh, Dugan's position in government. He has absolutely no accountability. And now, on top of that, he is an innocent victim, right? His his daughter was an innocent victim, even so-called Pope Francis has said that Daria Dugan was innocent. Oh, yeah. Just off the cuff. Oh, yeah. If, uh, the Pope. The Pope. No possible investigation having been, been done by the Vatican, the Pope just says she's innocent. But that's 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 funny that like the Pope has anything to say about her whatsoever. No. Yeah, considering this is Russia. Right, right. <laughs> Russia, the Orthodox Church, which is like, the, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, like the twin cousin... Of the Orthodox Church, right? It's the same thing, mm-hmm. but different. Right. Right? You know, why would why would the Pope all of a sudden be out of nowhere be like, hey, by the way? No. This this whole thing screams like scripted act of I mean, and if they did sacrifice, I'm I'm not look, I'm not sold that she's dead. But I'm yeah, also I'm not, not I'm also not not sold that she's dead because um he could be the kind of psychopath that like his daughter died and he wasn't acting very well because he was actually excited that the sacrifice had taken place and he was having more trouble containing his excitement as opposed to faking being upset well two two things to that one it's really funny the rasputin connections that have been brought up very recently i said that earlier too um well and and to say that is rasputin was always known as being very unhinged and you know would uh would celebrate or smile when certain dark things occurred uh very similar kind of reactions yeah so it's just interesting to bring that up and uh two to tyves's point having no power or having no uh, accountability because he's not elected um 
you know, and having just this kind of free reign because he's able to kind of come and go at will as he summoned, etc. Um, that I think owes a lot to the idea that this is some kind of ritual sacrifice, which I'm not completely sold on either, but it is very possible because now he is not a elected official. He is simply a man. He's an ideologue. Yes, but he is a Russian citizen and a martyr unto himself. Right. And by becoming a martyr now, instead of having accountability to Russian people, the Russian people have an accountability to Dugan because he's offered up his daughter as this innocent sacrifice for the war effort. Right. Which, you know, Russian government and media spins is like this existential necessity to, to Russia. And in Dugan's mind, it, it is existential uh, necessity. And he, this is ultimately, in a way, kind of the brilliance of Dugan. Uh, and I, I don't say this lightly. Dugan is likely one of like the top five smartest people on, on the planet right now and uh incredibly dangerous because of that um but dugan fundamentally understands uh the zionist issue the zionist position and what that means for russia the state of russia quality of russian life and uh, Russia's Bolshevik Jewry in the endgame. And so for, for Dugan, uh, his ambitions in which starts with creating the space for Russia in Ukraine, uh, it, it's an existential fight. It's uh, either his side wins all of it or they lose all of it. Um, and he understands the side he's been struggling against really well. Well, I mean, if if he's as smart as you say he is, then yeah. I mean, he obviously, he obviously you know, understands his enemy yeah and, and, and well and doing. dugan is will, will point to like different uh arguments dugan makes about western power about uh zionist power and say well dugan essentially believes the same thing as us because he fundamentally gets the problems and he sees a way for russia to work around them well, he, uh, unlike some people, he's actually talking about Jewish power. That's that's kind of been the cope that I've seen from a lot of people, randoms and thought leaders, is, well, so what? You know, we, we our goals align in a certain respect. You know, they're doing kind of the half, half support to mask the full support. Right. That's how Dugan sold to the Western audience. Right. Uh, like, yeah, the issue of Zionist-occupied government, uh, Dugan understands completely. And his articulations on this issue, how it creates problems in the West, are uh, very sober, very coherent, and resonate very much with 
you know, different third position type people in the West. However, his solution, of course, th- that's where uh, that's where the rub is, right? Mm-hmm. Because his solution ultimately is replace this Zionist Jewry with the Bolshevik Jewry of Russia, which, you know, is, which is represented by Russian oligarchs like Roman Abramovich. Right. It's not a... Uh, the solution based, is not dude. appetizing, right? Russia's, in the West. Russia's based, man. The Russia's not Jewish-controlled like the United States, dude. They're not. They're not controlled by by the Jews. They're Putin's base, bro. You know. I mean, Jazz Hands used to do good material exposing uh, Putin as being very heavily Jewish influenced, as Russian industries being. Well, I watched. I've watched all the Johnny Gat stuff, and I agree with uh with his take on the uh the the Russia Israel ties and how the Jews really do run run Russia uh but yeah it's just a different flavor it's just a different flavor of Judaism yet Zionism and Zionism's going away cuz the boomers are going away can't have Zionism anymore cuz nobody nobody gives a shit about God's chosen people anymore nobody cares about about the homeland for the Jews nobody cares about that so. Yeah, and the ultimate uh, angle for this, which Dugan articulates in his like Eurasian vision, is essentially the elimination of border between uh, Europe and Asia, and eventually elimination of European people as they're assimilated basically into this new Eurasian population, right. which you know Russia then has primacy over. Right. Yeah, and that's that's basically that's basically what they're doing, and that's you know they need to get they need to get Ukraine, but um, but it's Jews on both sides, so but it's different factions of Jews on both sides, and that's that's always the thing you get the that people don't understand. Well, yeah. and and real quick, people but, have you know uh, our buddy Jag and I were talking about this uh, earlier today is no matter if people believe you know the same basic principle or not right like zionist controlled government or judeo bolshevism whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um they still have the lines in the sand that they won't cross or the soft lines in the sand um and then the hard one that they won't cross they still have their golden calves that they've set up and when we we're talking about thought leaders or popular or relatively popular podcasters um they want to hold on to those golden calves as much as possible for their agenda it's like we talk about all the time johnny is the the graduated animal farm they want to keep you in that same agenda pen right right and people are more than willing to do it if it provides them with identity if it makes them feel like they're doing something good even if the basic points are all that they see, and they don't look any deeper. Yeah, and Dugan loves the graduated animal farms, uh, not just with white nationalist groups or black nationalist groups. There's a famous quote from Dugan where he goes on this you know, big rant about how much he hates white people, and then he ends it with, I stand with the people of Zimbabwe, which is like yeah. obviously some manufactured phrase he came out with to... 
increase his popularity with black knots. Uh, he associates with all these groups in, in the West as part of his uh, chaos magic beliefs to increase chaos and discontent in Zionist countries so that the Zionist experiment fails and the Bolshevik elite, which he is a strongman for, can take power over world, essentially world governments instead. In Dugan articulates his vision as replacing unipolarity with multipolarity. Uh, no, he, he, his vision is more just, I want to control the unipolar world instead of it being controlled by uh, a Zionist faction as it had had been for quite a long time. Yeah, well, the Zionists have been running things since since World War II, pretty much, right? Out in the open, iron-fistedly, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> by the way, I want to bring this up. Uh, Johnny, I was correct earlier. The chaos symbol that Dugan has so... Mm -hmm you know, organically adopted and puts on all of his books and content. Sure. It mm -hmm. does come from a 1960s, 1970s fantasy novel. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I mean, it's, it, it has also been adopted into like Warhammer and D and D. It is, sure. it is the symbol of the chaos group in, sure. in Warhammer. But that's what but, Dugan yeah. uses. Yeah. It's the same symbol. Yeah. But it's, it's the same one. And it's also used in, um, basically post Alistair Crowley Thelema LARPing as well. Okay, uh, like, so it's you know. LARPy. So he's, so Dugan's LARPing. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a literal occult LARP, like, uh, somebody that we stopped talking to <laughs> or stopped emailing with. It's very oh, LARPy, but it's a LARP he's participated in. It's propelled him into the top ranks of world power. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Well, it was something interesting that I thought is, <clears throat> though, I mean, you you make the point, and I I know you don't say that lightly, that he's probably one of the smartest people in this world right now. Um, that may very well be true, but it's incredible that as, you know, if we follow that, as one of the smartest people in the world currently, he has not really had to play the part of a mastermind not not really. He's not been put in that role as much as the boogeymen of the public that we see. This guy has really played the backside of the board. Yeah, almost exclusively. Uh, and, and done it quite well. I mean, if you read Foundations of Geopolitics, uh, which he wrote 25 years ago, all of Russia's uh, gear up for war since is essentially following along uh, geopolitical doctrine created by Dogen in this book. E even as far as the complete rearmament and retraining of Russian infantry, uh, Russia created this problem, this project called the Ratnik project. Uh, Ratnik means warrior, which they've developed 
entirely new types of body armor, uh, assault rifle and assault rifle cartridges, uh, electronic communications devices integrated into all of this. All of this is a product of Russian military transforming itself to fight in the arenas that Dugan wants it to fight in and play out the operations Dugan wants it to play out. And in this book, he states clearly that uh, it's inadmissible for Russia to allow Ukraine to remain independent and that it needs to be uh, annexed as part of Russia. And this is the kind of first step in Dugan's plan. And the second step is in building a, a Russian Islamic alliance, basically, which is why people often use the meme of Islamo-Duganist. Uh, Dugan himself obviously is not Muslim, but sees the Muslim world as fundamentally important to overthrowing completely Zionist control of world government, obviously because Israel itself is surrounded by the Muslim world. And in establishing this goal, he wants to establish what's basically what he calls a Moscow, Yerevan, uh, Tehran axis, uh, an axis between the capitals of Russia, Iran, and Armenia, with Armenia being the uh, pivot point here because it has a unique historical relationship both with Russia and Iran and many Armenians themselves either being half Russian or half Persian. Uh, it makes sense as like the swing point of this axis. I'm sure the young Turks love that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russia sees Turkey basically as like a uh, geopolitical enemy um, as being, mm. you know, essentially like uh, diet NATO and antagonistic towards their general geopolitical ambition, which would essentially be putting, you know, their own troops and military bases eventually right on the border of Turkey. Well, right? it always kind of seemed that like Turkey was always kind of in competition with Russia anyways, militarily, but yeah. they were always like a yeah. third rate. They were always like a third rate competitor, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and that goes back to, you know, official narrative-wise, goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. The um, the interactions between, you know, the rising, like, Seljuks and Ottomans, um, not Seljuks, Ottomans, and the shrinking Byzantine lands, <clears throat> then you have the Rus to the north, and then who do you have right in the middle of yeah, all of them? That's true, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you, got, you got the Khazars. Right, you have the Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi, right there in the middle. Yeah, and they, you know, they they set up sales to both sides, and both sides were very favorable to Jews, to you know, and then took slaves from all of them 
under yes. the radar. Yes. Yes, very convenient to them. All right. Well, man, this is we're gonna go into like overtime and stuff now. <laughs> so okay, so the main the main focus though here was always uh was hitting Dugan the recent habiting here. I mean, whether it was a hoax or an actual ritual false flag, um, you know the rising. I guess it would be continuous mask off support for Dugan in circles that many of us used to run in. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, where do you, where do you guys see this going from here on out? I, guess I mean, I've, I've been predicting basically that Ukraine will be fully annexed by Russia by the end of the year. Uh, I, I still expect that to happen. Maybe on a, bit of a longer timeline but i still expect that to happen and i see basically this whole war um as fake and as ukraine being conceded to russia and this all having been negotiated a long time ago uh and that in america Biden was basically put in office to kind of sell these L's to uh, different conservative or right-wing leaning people. Is like, oh, we lost in Ukraine or we lost in Afghanistan. Uh, these different geopolitical L's. And the reason that happened was because we had this like senile retard as a president basically right this senile this senile retard white dude who shit himself at the vatican who farted in front of you know camilla and prince charles who can't who who you know who can't say the foothills of the mountains of china Um, yeah it's all established uh to give a reason for this slip in power right from the zionist west to to the the Bolshevik east yep and it's all yeah it's it's all just part of the script and i i find it funny that although russia is going to end up annexing ukraine and get ukraine all this money is going to ukraine and it's just what like it's going into zelensky's pocket like all this money where's where's all this money going he's the actor goes to the director come on right so the director what's going to the jews behind zelensky so the jews this is just this is just what the rest of this is the fleecing of the corpse for spare change. This is like basically yeah. I mean, it's, in general, it's like selling art. It's like selling off art or giving to charity. It you know at the end of a rich person's life, it's money laundering, as we're dying. Yeah, more or less. And in, like in general, military aid being sent to uh, a military that's more or less completely failing in a collapsing country. Pretty much none of that aid ever makes it to the front lines. It's going in right, somebody's wallet. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like this stuff. Like, didn't we just give him what another three billion or seven billion or sixty three billion? billion? And apparently, billion. So, and apparently, some of our uh, many of our uh, kitted weapons that you know special forces and you know spec war guys and our militaries use are now being turned in to be issued out to Ukraine, which I will probably never see it at the front line anyway. <laughs> Like Tyve said, like what the hell? What, what is else. like what? I don't. I don't understand. Our military is being taken over by 
trannies and faggots and lesbians. And then being literally disarmed. And then black. Yeah, and then poisoned with and the then, vaccine too. Right, and poisoned with the with the vaccine. And then yeah, and, and then have to turn in all their weapons. It's just very I mean And mandatory AIDS testing and three hours of trans inclusionary training. Don't forget those. Right. This just <laughs> seems like this seems like behavior of um I mean, not a military. This just doesn't seem like military behavior. This seems like some human resources shit for, like, a, a, you know, some large financial institution has to do because there was, you know, like a sexual assault or something. You know? <laughs> well, right. And it's, it's very convenient, too, that uh, the people in Ukraine, that the incoming government, least want to have as their subjects were all very heavily pushed into joining Azov Battalion which uh, basically gets completely wiped out and takes like the brunt of all like military casualties in Ukraine and now these people are uh, would have been citizens or uh, part of security or defense staff in Ukraine you know, they're just dead now. So now incoming Bolshevik government uh, doesn't have to deal with them at all. At all, And their honeypot was really useful in selling this whole presentation that this war over this country happened. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And what's funny is they actually got they actually got Americans and other retards from other countries to go over there and fight. What do you yeah, think? some redditors actually went over there and got blown well, up. Well, I actually know well, there's a video of three guys that got blown up, and I know one of those guys personally. Look. The, th- the three American guys that got blown up, and they were showing them in the back of like some sort of Humvee or something. Do you remember that video? Yeah. And the one guy, I was like, that guy, he, that guy's already got a purple heart. <laughs> like, now he's over there fighting with a, his other fight. Like, I guess he went. He went over with the Ram guys originally over to Ukraine and rolled with them, I guess. And then the Ram guys went back. And he went back to Ukraine and stayed there. And he's been there ever since. Yeah. Imagine throwing your life away that, that, that hard. I mean, he doesn't seem to think so. So. I mean, hey, do, do what you're going to do. But I think the bottom line here is politics, faking gay. Oh, yeah. Geopolitics or Satanism? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Geo- guy geopolitics are definitely says. Satanism. Yes, <laughs> it's 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 all a satanic chessboard. There's no black and white. It's I mean the only black and white is the Masonic checkerboard, but the pieces right. are all one color. <laughs> yes, on on the satanic chessboard, it's all black. Yeah, it's blackboard, I mean, black pieces. The you you could make the case that the pawns are white, but <laughs> I mean whatever. At this point, you get my point, though. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, there's been a while. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's Dugan, basically. I mean, he's, you know, when I when I first started following him, uh, it, it was initially just uh, a fascination with the guy's intelligence for one, because the the, the guy's fluent in like nine languages, lectures in all of them, and uh, I, I I started watching him, listening to him, observing him, and 
over a period of time after reading his books and watching a lot of his lectures, you start seeing his plans come into fruition. And uh, when you're familiar with his writings, it's a scary thing. Yeah, I have actually never, I've never read a single word of Dugan's writings. I plan on keeping it that way. I have enough books I have to read. And better ones. There's <clears throat> enough spoopy stuff to read and, and occult esoterica that you don't really need to delve into the inner workings of this guy's mind. Have you seen my library of books that I still need to read? Exactly. There's there's delving into other people's minds that is right. probably far less uh, destructive. Right. Right. You know, and, so. and, and and it doesn't matter. You need we need to find uh, it's the fifth political theory that matters, anyways. Five PT. I I still hold tenth. Five PT. No, there was actually a five PT written. It's out there. Ah. Yes, it's out there, and it's been taken down. It's been taken off the internet. Countercurrents has Countercurrents has a good write up about it, but they don't have the. The five PT. If anybody out there has a copy of five PT, please get it to me. I'm pretty fond of the third, though. I don't know if we need them any more improvements. The third, no, the is third it, was cool. Yeah. The third wait, cool is it called uh, New Maktia or No Maktia? No. Okay. No, this was written by somebody. Somebody that um, I know that we know people. He was old school TRS before, way before the paywall. So back when, Ooh. back yeah, back when they were actually good and funny, and it wasn't a member of the Fashy Faggots, was it? No, no, this was the Atlantic Centurion, one of the best minds, one of the best minds that they scared off. Many such cases. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of that happened. But like you were saying before, Typhus, uh, it's when Stryker showed up. That's when all the all this shit happened with the Duganism and the Palsman because. Duganism and the chaos magic and and the the first iteration of NJP the TWP. Those yes, guys, those guys yes. Were Duganist, yeah. And Tony, yeah, that that's Hoverter, gay. Hoverter actually like invited Dugan to a conference. That's hilarious. Yeah, like, he invited <laughs> Dugan to speak. Yeah, in ironically, the East, bro, you get Alexander Dugan in the West to get Joseph Jordan. <laughs> Bro, just ironically, though, you know, I just wanted him to speak ironically, dude. It's just like in a Seinfeldian sort of way. <laughs> we just wanted him to do it just, you know, for our own type of Jewish humor. Right, right, right. I really dig Seinfeld. That's one of the lines in the fucking article. <laughs> just, it's just amazing to me. It's whatever. But yeah, that's... The Seinfeld episode of Dugan's daughter getting blown up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, and she was, you know, she's not an innocent by any stretch of the means. She considered herself a soldier. She considered anything she did. If she died, it would have been for the cause, for whatever cause that was. She was involved in French nationalist causes. She was involved in other nationalist causes. She was heavily involved in, and I think her degree was in, uh, like, esoteric Greek philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and one of Dugan's most famous quotes is when he's talking about some of the Maidan protesters, and he's quoted saying, kill, 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 kill. As a professor, I say it so. And then, you know, his defenders say, well, Dugan's just like a professor. You know, you, you, you can't say he's, like, leading violence or whatever. But Dugan's using his 
position as a professor to justify uh, why should people should commit violence. It's complete doublethink and, and hypocrisy from all of his defenders in the situation. Yes, it, yeah, it's, it's very much like that. And he's, you know, again, for somebody who has no power, he seems to be in all sorts of spheres of influence, you know. But- Kind of like the World Economic Forum has no power, but all of their all of their policies are being implemented across the entire Earth. Strange, just like these guys. Yeah, weird. Anyway, um, there was more stuff to Dugan, but I don't know. But anyways, yeah, that's where that's where the Dugan ties came in. Is when TWP came in, and now you have the second iteration of TWP. Yeah, which has become the NJP. Yep. And it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. But now I think it's... I don't know. Like, I think TWP may have actually, like, wanted to try to do something. NJP is just, like, strictly grift. No. I I see it as being more than just uh, grift. Um, But also being forced more increasingly towards towing certain political lines and talking points so it seemingly loses some of that individuality right because now they're more or less uh completely in line with whatever keith woods is saying or whatever joel davis is saying sure or whatever these other different Duganist voices on the internet are saying. Uh, right, but what they're actually doing is, but what the NJP is actually doing is just race grifting, race hustling. So, oh yeah, in terms of like their actual activities, like the protests yeah. over and like different they, people that have been killed they by talk blacks. about and stuff, and they're not actually, you know, they're not actually doing anything political anyway. Yeah, in, in, in terms of like the IRL activism, that that's basically just race wrestling, Al Sharpton shit. Yeah. But um, ideologically, that yeah, they're they're pretty much um, on board with all the stuff that Keith Woods and and his buddy Joel. What did Joel got into a fight with somebody? On, on his own side, I thought the other day. Just as just as good male friend. Oh no, it was the Dugan thing. Joel Joel got mad at like I, he didn't get the memo about the Dugan thing. Mm. He was all pissed off. Stop posting about Dugan. <laughs> I will ban people. Well, he he was just mad. Uh, people were talking about him like he has influence instead of just oh. sweeping the whole thing under the rug. Oh, is that what he was doing? He's like big big rug sweep right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that oh, he was okay. getting mad. People were defending Dogan or whatever. Oh, oh, he just didn't oh want, okay. He, he oh. didn't want attention being brought to the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and that's Stop that's been about the thing. Yeah, that's that's really been the attitude that I've seen. Is it's it's always just stop talking about it. Yeah, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And if you do have to talk about it, uh, do a no you. You know, ha ha ha! This is really funny. Let's put it on the uh, let's put it on our own controlled op meme oh, yeah, Telegram page. That, yeah, look at us holding up picture, holding up Dugan's books. You know, at our own guys thing. 
No, go make fun of Paranormies. <laughs> Stop talking about Dugan. Right. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just really weird. Why would you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to survive like the mask off era. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, obviously, there's people that are like willing to just pivot to just being like a Russian and China show. Like, like Nick Fuentes is like shown. Yeah, he's totally willing to just openly show for Russia and Chinese takeover of America. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see like how TRS tries to. Uh, step along that line. Because they're going to be forced, like, one way or, or the other, if not by, like, their fan base, eventually by their handlers, uh, to in, uh, eventually address, like, Dugan's growing influence and importance and presence on the world stage. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's just been introduced to a lot of people. See what happens. Uh, see if you know Russia retaliates on Dugan's behalf. Yeah, I'm just waiting and see. I mean, it's all fake and gay and satanic anyway. There Absolutely, is there is that. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Yep. Typhus, thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely, man. It's been a blast. Been a long time fan of the show. Great being able to make an appearance on it. Right. Uh, listeners of this episode, you can find me on Telegram at Real Typhus. It's the only place you can find me. That is it. He's he's there a lot too, though, so it's cool. Yeah, I'm on Telegram a lot. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun place. It really. Is. And you could probably find this episode on TRS Exposed in about. 48 hours after this episode is posted. Whenever TRS that is. Expo, yeah, it'll get broken into pieces. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that's not. Whoever runs that is great. It's not me. It's, I swear it's not. I, it's really not. I it know. literally isn't. I don't have that kind of time. I have a job, people, okay? I have a job. Yeah. and which is, which is, like, funny because, like, that whole thing, with all this shit and like, you know, like all this shit's going to get me fired again, right? All this stuff with TRS, I'm going to end up getting fired again over this shit is what's going to end up happening. Somebody's going to find out, you know, so it always happens. So it always happens. So it's really unfortunate. You got to go through that. Man. It really is. Also, sh- shout out to my girlfriend too. Also, Daniela, I love you. I'll see you again in three weeks. Aww. Have to be away for a little while. But you had to go. You had to together, go. So. You had to go out of the country for that. Right? Did you go out of the country for? Didn't you say you had to go out of the country? Sit, yeah, um, yeah, I was traveling recently. Okay, yeah, uh, you're talking about airports. I had had a, had a great time. Apparently, uh, I contracted COVID. Apparently. Oh no. Um, but it's. Uh, Don't worry, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I've had like the mildest sickness uh, I've experienced for like the past five days. That sucks. That sucks. You probably um, picked it up. You've probably picked up some sort of toxins in Moldova, you know, or wherever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, or just sh- sitting on a plane full of vaccinated people shedding all around me. That's what it that's, is. Actually. That's what it is. Yeah, dude, it really has to. It, there has to be something to that. They wouldn't talk about the vaccine shedding as much, as, you know, and all the backpedaling on vaccines and all the. Uh, well, yeah, I guess this does actually happen, and well, yeah, oh, I guess you know. 
Dude, by the time we get back to our regular scheduled programming, uh, there's going to be a lot more dead people. Unfortunately. You know, you know, like, on, on, on my channel, I've really been alarmist about the vaccine. And, like, the whole time, obviously, like, I'm not hoping people die from the vaccine, right? Like, my hope would be zero people die and that I'm, like, just wrong the entire time. Right. And it's unfortunate that it's, like, not the case, you know? People will say, oh, there's, like, no mass die-off that's happened. But right? there like, has, though. But there has. There, there has, for one. And it's, like... At what point does it constitute mass die-off? You know, 10,000, 30,000, 100,000 deaths, a million deaths. You know, 100 deaths, 10 deaths. You know, this is too much for a, a medical product that does nothing. Right. right? I mean, the fact that they have to cover up. Who knows how much money on. Yeah. The fact that they have to come up with hundreds of different reasons. I've, have you seen oh the, my God. the screenshot of the compilations of all the yes. different things that you can die of that are not happiness was my favorite the one, <laughs> the one yeah, was, happiness uh increasing your heart rate too much the guy the guy the guy got his final grades back from college <laughs> he was so happy he got straight a's that he died yeah and in the end like if it's uh, a million people that die from the vaccine or one billion people that die from the vaccine uh this doesn't make the defenders of the vaccine Against the mass die-off people, uh, right. Right. No. And the thing is, is the mass die-off, like, you know, like, uh, the people are like, oh, two weeks to the mass die-off, two weeks to the mass die-off, two weeks to the mass die-off. Like, you know, I was told two weeks to the mass die-off. Ha, ha, ha. Like, nobody said that, like, people were just going to be literally dropping dead in cars on the street. And it's happening. It's, it, that's definitely happening, like. There have yeah. been accidents where people just blacked out. A lot more of those accidents. A lot more accidents where people just fall down for no reason and need medical assistance. You know, a lot, lot of fifteen-year-olds having heart attacks. Yep. In class. Yep. A lot of, lot of, lot of kids. A lot of kids having dementia. You know, Alzheimer's. I can't. Oh, don't. Okay, I don't want to end the show on that note. Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of the, yeah. This is the vex, dude. Yeah. Two weeks telling you it's it's literal spiritual demonic darkness that is over these people it's blindness really what, it's really what it is because like i believe it was even pfizer said that that's been like 12 million people yeah yeah, yeah that's the funny thing and and we'll we'll get to this i'm sure on future nationalist acquirers because you know more of this is going to keep coming out but you know, they've been saying all of these things they've been admitting them just very quietly but they've been admitting them. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, Fauci announced his retirement. That that's a big one. You know, the 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 boogeyman is switching roles. I now. am the science. He's probably gonna go down into his, you know, dungeon deep somewhere in a dumb underneath Vietnam and just keep, you know, killing dogs and whipping kids. Yeah. It's a shame. And then Walensky, isn't something going on with Walensky over at the CDC too? I thought Walen what Saul Walensky? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that uh, Fauci retreated to his inner chamber to contemplate his orb. Con yeah. Oh, he's not pondering an orb. He's not a wizard. <laughs> I mean, if anybody is, he he probably is. He's not. <laughs> you, Stop. You need a lot. You can't have shoulders that narrow and spend all your time pondering an orb. That's right. Fauci, he's rubbing his phylactery. Fall apart in a couple months. 
Have you seen the? Have you you've seen the commercial, right? Hot wizards in your area. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> that wizard's got abs <laughs> and shoulders. And Fau- Fauci is the wizard that you get when you actually meet up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are well, going to take off. Like he writes the Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> <laughs> the new ones with the handicap dungeon. Yes. 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 All right. All right. All right. I mean it. We're leaving this time. All right, yeah. we uh, there's there's this is not a real episode. I promise it wasn't. But uh, so there's probably nothing following this other than the closing credits. But you're gonna have to listen and find out. We'll see you guys when we see you later. Great being here, guys. Yes, later. Time travel does make you gay. <laughs>